Sometimes it's better to be lucky than good, but luck, after all, is the residue of design, and nobody designs better than me and Chris Media on the pre-snap, and it starts right now. You're listening to the Pre-Snap Podcast, brought to you by LineStar, the top-rated DFS tool set and number one companion for DraftKings, FanDuel, and Yahoo Daily Fantasy. Go LineStar Premium now at LineStarApp.com. Now, here are your hosts, fantasy football experts, Joe Pizzapia and Chris Meany. Hey, yo, what's up, everybody? It's me, Joey P, Joe Pizzapia, and welcome to the pre-snap right here on the LineStar app. It's me, and it's Chris Meany, and it's you, and we are recapping week 11, another wacky week in the NFL when lots of crazy things happen, but in DFS circles, Mr. Meany, uh, some very good things came for you and for me, and I can't believe it. I can't believe this. I had a couple Kyle Allen lineups on DK, and they all cashed. I don't know how I somehow overcame the four picks but i did but my goodness kyle allen how does that happen how does that work i guess sometimes it's better to be lucky than good yeah no kidding it was one of those weird weeks that if you if you just had some there were a few you know floor guys that we talked about on the show last week and if there if you had any of them in your lineup you were you were able to have some success at least cash like you mentioned or double up with just some solid guys i mean yeah kyle allen was brutal he was awful and still cmc was able to come away with a phenomenal day i mean 70 yards on the ground 121 through the air so cmc you get him josh jacobs a lot of the chalk hit jacobs john brown josh allen qb1 wide receiver one all over them against miami so mm-hmm. a lot of the chalk hit that if you did have a, a dead performance and there were a couple out there you were still able to have some success which is nice yeah, there were definitely some duds out there, but there were some studs as well, and we're going to break them all down for you. And uh, luckily, I did have a lot of Josh Allen, too, and that certainly worked out. By the way, Josh Allen was in that million-dollar lineup over on the FanDuel side. That lineup had uh, Josh Allen just 7.4% owned, which I thought was weird. You know, it's a guy we talked about a lot. We even talked about him and Brown together. Brown was 16% owned. Allen just 74 Do people not realize how many rushing touchdowns this guy has on the year already? I mean, I feel like uh, as great as Lamar is, and I understand paying up for him, and as as great as some of the other quarterbacks have been this year, Josh Allen, I told you, is Cam Newton, basically. And I feel like nobody cares except us. Yeah, I know. I feel definitely. I I felt like that all year, all offseason. I had him ranked, and I'm, you know... Kind of hate myself earlier. It was a, I had him as a QB one, as a top ten quarterback, and just you know, hearing all the noise, and you get you get caught up in other quarterbacks and other fans. It's it's all really splitting hairs after the top five. We know that, and that's what I love about the black book with with tears. But with with Allen, you know, you kind of push back a little bit, and then even throughout the year, you're seeing yeah, leading the team in red zone rushing attempts, calling his own number, the rushing touchdowns he did last year, the most comebacks in the NFL among quarterbacks last season. He was in the fourth quarter, and he was doing it again so far this year. Interesting going forward, what's going to happen You know, with, when the, as the schedule turns because it gets tougher. But it does seem like you, me, the LineStar app, DraftKings, FanDuel, like opportunity every time with this guy because of his rushing ability. He seems to check in as a good value, so I feel like those sites are just – they're not – they're not taking into consideration what he can do. And look at John Brown, too. There's two wide outs who have at least 50 yards in every single game. One's Michael Thomas, obviously. The other is John Brown. Brown has been so consistent this year as yeah. well. And there just hasn't been a lot of options for Allen. And these two have been, they've been phenomenal. They've been great. Um, 
Yeah, yeah. absolutely have. It was good about. to see Alvin Kamara, who was also in this lineup. He was 9% owned. It was good to see him healthy, having a nice all-purpose day. Hopefully that trends in the better direction. Elliott was good enough because of the touchdown. Uh, he was 26% owned. But it's funny because CMC was great, very overpriced. Dalvin Cook was the guy we preferred. He was very underwhelming. He, him and Zeke were, were chalky as chalk. Both saved their day with touchdown, but neither was very thrilling at all. And uh, John Brown was in this lineup. DJ Shark, who is nice to see Shark have such a good game. He was just 9.7% owned in the million-dollar tournament on FanDuel. And it's good to see him and Foles getting together because I believe in Shark. I I, I know what I've seen for the last couple of weeks with Minshew, and I was hoping that this is what I was going to see when Foles came back, and I saw it, and I think it's very encouraging. Calvin Ridley, 13% owned. He had a huge game. Zach Ertz. Uh, 5% owned Stefan Diggs, 5% owned another huge game for Stefan Diggs. All came in the second half, obviously. And that Oakland Raiders defense. So there you go. That was the uh, mark. It was 197. So it uh, wasn't the highest mark. It was a lot of low scoring in some of these contests and some things that were very heavily invested in. It didn't quite come to fruition. But let's talk about some of the things that were really good. Let's talk about some of the things that were not. And let's start with the quarterbacks. Uh, Dak Prescott, a guy that we very much liked, a guy that was in that value lineup we talked about (laughs) and uh he was uh, good again three touchdowns 444 yards for him uh in terms of other guys matt ryan decent enough 311 just the one touchdown sam darnold had four touchdowns unbelievably uh if you could believe that one i don't know and then of course you had the incredible performance from lamar jackson who's just four passing touchdowns he ran amok again i mean I feel like it's Lamar Jackson's world. We're just living in it. And he's pretty much the front runner for MVP right now. Yeah. It's you make the case between him and, and Russell Wilson, in my opinion, where you want to go either side. I mean, I've been, I've been pumping Lamar Jackson's tires throughout this run. I, I feel like he's got my vote, but both have been phenomenal. And, and Dak as well now leads the league in passing yards. He's been, he's been really good too. I know we just gave him the, we did like him. But when we were saying, okay, let's let's wait till some tougher competition, and and Dallas isn't or Detroit isn't a tough competitor. Their their secondary is weak, but even still, he's putting up these monster games doing against those those teams at least and in different ways too. Like some days they're big passing days, some day they're big rushing yeah. days. Like he's he's finding a way to get you twenty points every week, and I love that. And Absolutely. he's a little bit cheaper than Lamar and Deshaun Watson and, and and Patrick Mahomes, and I think that's something to keep in mind. Kirk Cousins basically did everything in the second half too. Another. Fantastic outing for him. And we mentioned Allen, but the quarterbacks were okay. Breeze was, you know, through the three touchdowns, but just 220 yards. Again, Drew Breeze on the roads, Drew Breeze on the road. It's just, this yeah. is what he did last year, about 217 yards per game on the road, eight intercept, uh, nine interceptions, eight touchdowns last year. Uh, on the rushing side, Joe Mixon was a guy that I talked a lot on the TV show about as I got further and further along. Really like Mixon's potential here. The trend has been going up. He has first rushing touchdown of the year. Can you believe that, Chris? First of the year for Mixon. It's hard. It's hard to believe, uh, but I wouldn't have probably. I probably wouldn't have taken the over on four and a half with this Bengals offense. <laughs> <laughs> Man, it's bad. But Marlon Mack was good. Unfortunately, came out with an injury. Both he and Jonathan Williams both had a hundred yards rushing in this game. You don't see that very often. Two guys go over a hundred yards rushing, and uh, I was shocked that that Jacksonville went out there and just laid an egg. I I was equally shocked of how bad the Texans played too. They got smoked. That game was over in the first quarter. Yeah, they I got mean, crushed. That, yeah, oh, they got crushed. my God. I thought they so, were going to cover. I really did. Yeah, I thought they were, they were going to cover as well. I thought they were going to keep it close, and, and they didn't. And, yeah, and Houston hadn't allowed a 100-yard rusher in 
since last two years ago. They didn't do it at all last year. They hadn't done it this year. And I don't know, of all people, it was Gus Edwards on the big run, but they ran all over them with Lamar Jackson and Mark Ingram was involved. This Baltimore team is absolutely legit. Um, they had their way with the Pats a couple weeks ago. They didn't get caught up in a letdown game against a division rival in, in Cincinnati, and then they just crushed Houston. So they're the team to beat right now, I think, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I label them the AFC I on agree. the other side. Um, the NFC with, I still like the saints a lot, but yeah, there's man, Lamar Jackson every single week. It's like CMC just find a way to get him in there. He it's going to be interesting to see what his price is going forward. Cause he just continues to, his price just continues to increase and increase, but he's just got such a solid. And, and look, McCaffrey was great again. I mean, he caught 11 balls for 121 and had a decent rushing total too. So even though no touchdowns for him, he's very good, but you're right about that. Baltimore uh, defense ever since Peters came over. Oh, Peters and the Jimmy Smith gets acted. Yeah, and they're like, dialing a pressure. They weren't yeah. dialing a pressure at the start of the right. season. We were talking about how well, they, they were very cover weak. Anybody. Right. And that was the whole thing. Is like once they could cover yeah. anybody, then they, all of a sudden they could they could rush the quarterback. And now it's a totally different animal. And I agree. I think they are the best team in the AFC right now. I am I am on board with that 100. percent It's hard to argue otherwise. There. Now we'll see if they're peaking too soon. We'll find out, right. and yeah. uh, we'll see what happens these next couple of weeks. There, they got a big game. December 1st, circle this day for football in your calendar because you're going to get the Patriots in New England against the Chiefs, and you're going to get the San Francisco 49ers and the Baltimore Ravens playing each other. That is going to be a hot Sunday of football, Chris. Oh, yeah, that's absolutely. Um, San Fran, too. And, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo had a pretty good day as well. He did. Um, yeah, they, and Tevin Coleman was was pretty disappointing. No George Kittle now for for back to back weeks. You know they lost that that squeaker to Seattle, but that really went the distance. Uh, you know basically the final play in overtime. But yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo was good. You know that's the one question I've had because I wasn't impressed against Seattle. I thought he he looked a little scared. He was panicking. He was he was missing some guys. I know some some wide receivers dropped some balls for him, but yesterday I thought he was he was pretty darn good. And yeah, got the Packers. San Fran's very interesting going down the stretch here. Talking about teams peaking too early and what they can do. Green Bay, Baltimore, and the Saints. The next three games, they get the Rams again week 16, followed up by by the Seahawks week 17 with probably a lot on the line. So, man, there's a couple big games coming up in the last yeah. few weeks here. Well, and you mentioned also, you know, with those 49ers, Debo Samuel, hell of a game there for him. Great game. Um, very chalky, but it paid off. Absolutely. Yeah, well, you know what? It did. And I had a ton of him, too. Eight for 134. Had him all over DraftKings. He was very reasonably priced. It's amazing. I, I on the Sunday show, too, talking about tight ends, um, it was Mark Andrews. And if you're not going to pay for Mark Andrews, to me, it was going down to the bottom. Kyle Rudolph was min salary. That was a joke on FanDuel. That was yeah. a give me play. He was cheap as hell on DK also. Noah Fant, another guy. He had 11 targets this past week. You're seeing Grant Allen really favor him. Cortland Sutton seems like he's quarterback proof. He seems like a guy we were a little shied off of, but he's been oh, very yeah, solid. He's absolutely. Five for 113 for him. So, and Michael they get Thomas. Him involved. Yeah. They and get Michael, Thomas, involved, they, yeah. Michael Thomas, man. I mean, you just can't stop him either. But you're right. Sutton is a guy that keeps getting involved, Chris. Yeah. He, he, yeah. Thomas is a beast, but he does. And that's what I like about Sutton because when you look around the league and, and backup quarterbacks come in or rookies, like Kenny Galladay, for example, he wasn't really even targeted in that football game yesterday. And Jeff Driscoll had an okay game. He he ran the ball several. He's a sneaky guy on the ground for sure. He had a rushing touchdown, but it was a matchup where he just didn't even bother to look, you know, with Darius Slay and he, or with Kenny Galladay and Byron Jones. He just didn't even look a lot. He just, that was it. But I noticed I was watching that Denver game and Xavier Rhodes. I know he hasn't been the same Rhodes closed, Joe, but he's still a, an elite player. 
and they didn't care. Like Allen did not care at all. It's I'm just going to find a way to get this guy involved, whether it was end arounds. I think he may have even thrown a pass at one point in the, in the football game. So it, interesting how some teams go away at yeah, Cortland Sutton, one for one, 38 yards. Like they were just getting him involved in the game. So that is a positive sign. Got Buffalo this week, which may, may scare you away, but Fonte Adams is able to have a pretty good game with Tredavious White on him as well. So Cortland Sutton, I think, is a sneaky DFS play going down the stretch because I don't think people are realizing that Allen has been all right. And yeah, he's targeting yeah. two guys, Sutton and Noah fan. Yeah, and it, that's a tough building to go play. The Vikings came back and won that football game, but a really tough one. I, and I'll and I'll tell you what, too. You know, when we're looking ahead and, and seeing so many schedules coming up, we're going to keep dissecting these guys and finding these guys. We're on trends. Hunter Renfro, another guy on a good trend, Absolutely. had another good gay, another double-digit full-point PPR day from him. Uh, unfortunately, Brian Hill stunk. I know that was a very high ownership on yeah. him. It made a lot of sense if you're going to pair him with McCaffrey. Now, look, you could argue McCaffrey did enough for everybody <laughs> without the touchdowns, but still, uh, Brian Hill was a huge disappointment. That was definitely uh, a bad call there. And uh, Kyle Allen with the four picks was a bad call. But like I said, if you built your lineup right, I still had Kyle Allen. And I made a couple hundred dollars off Kyle Allen lineups yesterday. I couldn't believe it. I look it up. I was like, well, this is a bust. And next thing you know, I look up in the fourth quarter and all of a sudden they're all cashing. I said, well, I guess that just goes to show you if you build enough, if you do your due diligence and you got the Debo Samuels of the world, you can overcome those things. And Michael Thomas helped you. Michael Thomas Michael helped. Thomas. Oh yeah, you get to Michael Thomas. This guy's just. What do you yeah, say? He's I mean, writing it's the record book. Good. That's yeah, it. He's, he's writing the record book. It, it is. It's really good. It was good without Drew Brees. We got a little glimpse. If people were worried in dynasty in, in dynasty leagues, like, oh man, is Michael Thomas still going to be a G when and when uh, Brees retires? It's like, yeah, he was great with Teddy Bridgewater, who could be the quarterback for this team next year. Who knows? I mean, the Saints may win. Go Brees goes out on top. It's all. It's all very possible. Uh, but yeah, just to, if you, I had some success with Brian Allen too. If you were able to, you know, spend down for Allen, you get CMC in there or, you know, Zeke, as we talked about a decent day, Alvin Kamara showed up and um, Josh Jacobs, I mean, he didn't find the end zone, but he still had a lot of yards. So it was just a weird week. Like there was 14 rushing touchdowns for running backs. Six of them were owned in fewer than 20% of Yahoo leagues. Balaj was another guy who had a rushing touchdown. Oh, who, yeah. But he yeah, had nine, nine yards carries on, for nine yeah, yards. exactly. So nobody was Ugh. was playing him or Ross. Well, yeah, when him. you look up and you see Jonathan Williams and Gus Edwards, the top two running backs of the week, I mean, that's <laughs> that says it all in terms of yeah. yardage. And Marlon Mack is not going to play this Thursday against nope. the Texans. So Jonathan Williams is is somebody to keep an eye on if you're playing that showdown. He may be pretty popular, but he's going to save you a little bit of coin, too, if you want to get involved in a bounce back from, from Watson and Hopkins. Here's, By the way, here's that guy okay. on Hopkins? Did yeah. you see that play? Oh, what yeah. I was watched that, that game. I watched even it reviewed it. I know. I mean, well, if that's not getting overturned, then what the hell just are we doing this for? Get rid of the rule. Like, well, I just don't challenge. understand. Like, if the rules are – I'm fine with the rule. Yeah, the challenge. It. Get rid of the challenge. I mean, if if the rule, if you could challenge it and they're not overturning that one, then what's the point? Like, it's just confusing. Just, I don't understand. Are they not, just – in baseball, They it, this didn't happen when they reviewed in baseball and they saw the replay. And, yeah, you got it wrong, Ump. Move on. It happens. It's a fast game. Boom, boom. Get the call right. But in football, it's almost like they don't want to bite the bullet that these guys were wrong and the play was clearly wrong. It was clearly wrong. Uh, unbelievably wrong. Um, I'll tell you what, it's, an, it's a weird week. You know, it's a weird week when Julian Edelman has more passing touchdowns yes. than Tom Brady in a game. <laughs> it's just another you know? thing that was weird. Yeah. Edelman, Crowder, DJ Moore, all these guys that we loved all played well. But it was just yeah. weird. There's Edelman throwing a touchdown, Brady zero touchdowns. I don't know if that's the first time that's ever happened. No passing touchdowns for Tom Brady in a game. Uh, I don't know, but you got to go back and look at the history books on that one. But it's uh, that was an ugly game. 
you know, was kind of down in the mud, not very good for fantasy, that's for sure. But I want to ask you this question, too. Dan Quinn was removed of play calling from the defense a couple weeks ago. Ever since, there's been eight quarters of football. They went on the road against Carolina this week and last week on the road against New Orleans. They've given up zero offensive touchdowns and a total of 12 points to their opponents in the last eight quarters. What the hell went on? What's going on here with Atlanta? Why is Atlanta's defense all of a sudden the best in the league? Isn't it unreal? I have no idea what to say about it. I don't know what to do. Seven sacks heading into their week 10 game against the Saints. They got six in that game. They have 11 in their last two games and only 18 on the year. They had five in their first three games, then put it on the Falcons defense in four straight. Yeah, the adjustment in that bye, it seems like it's certainly working. Dan Quinn is a defensive guy, and we've definitely, definitely have poked fun at him on the show. I know that I have. And they came out of that bye. He gave up the play calling defensively and and they've they've been rolling they're they're getting pressure and not only have they just allowed 12 points in the last two football games they've scored 55 over that span so they're they've crushed out the saints and the panthers on the road they get the bucks this week with Jameis winston coming off another interception game he was hobbled late in the fourth quarter who knows what his status is going to be if he's even going to play so yeah the turnaround it seems legit And they're not going to have a run game, so Matt Ryan's going to continue to chuck the ball. So they're an interesting fantasy game to target. They're going to score points, and and maybe they're not going to give up points, but (laughs) I think when they they face New Orleans again in two weeks, there'll be some adjustments on on the Saints side of things. Yeah, it's just it's it's unbelievable. I went right after them again with Kyle Allen and DJ Moore. And Kyle Allen, look, those picks were all on him. Those are terrible picks. They weren't like he threw the ball and it got tipped or something like that or it went out of the guy's hands. No, they were all awful picks, all on Kyle Allen. But – it's just amazing. I thought for sure. I was like, well, last week was an anomaly. Nope. Falcons yeah. defense is bounced back. I am not going to troll them anymore. I'm going to be super, super careful going forward. And I'm not even sure how expensive they are. I'm going to go look for next week, but I, I want a piece. I don't even know if they're on the main slate. We haven't even gotten to hot right. take week 12 yet, which we will on this show. But I mean, what's your take on them right now? Just, just out of the top of your head. I mean, my God, it's just, it seems like you got to go with this flow here. And I know it sounds weird, but Maybe it's just time. The Atlanta Falcons are 4,300 against Tampa this week. Yeah, I mean, it's James Winston and an average line, <laughs> to say the least. So, the, yeah, I mean, what can you say? I mean, they, Winston's they, a turnover they machine. It exactly. And they're coming off the four-pick game. So, they, they will definitely be chalky, but they're going to be in play, absolutely, against Tampa Bay. For sure, 100%. Uh, and I want to give the Eagles defense some credit, too, because you're right. You don't see that very often. And a shout-out to Warren Sharp, Sharp Football. I mean, Tom Brady in New England's territory yesterday, 8 for 20, 1.8 yards per passing attempt, 14% completion rate, 47 QBR. The Eagles defense, we've been picking on them all year, but they've also had a ton of injuries. They're getting mm-hmm. some guys back healthy. Ronald Darby, say what you want about him, but he's a much better corner than what they had. Jalen Mills, they're getting some guys back defensively. They have a very weak schedule the rest of the way after this week against Seattle so we'll see how they they can hold up against Russell Wilson is a whole different story but um, going forward in season-long leagues they're probably available guys if you are playing season-long leagues they have the Giants Washington Miami coming up it's a really good schedule for the Eagles defense moving forward all right let's go take a little quick look at Monday Thursday tonight in Mexico City you've got uh, the Chargers and the Chiefs and then on Thursday night as Chris was alluding to earlier the Marlon Mackless Colts will take on the Texans, who have got to be licking their wounds. But let me tell you, the Texans haven't been good at home. 
Uh, I mean, like Jonathan Williams right now is, I don't care if he's a hundred percent owned. I think you have to, right. you have to have him. It's not Naeem Hines. Okay. I don't care if he had a touchdown. It ain't going to be him. It's going to be a lot of Williams. And these are teams right now where you're looking outside of Gordon. You don't love necessarily all the running back situations here. So I think it's him and Gordon probably or him and Eckler. If you want to do that, you know, in the full point PPR there on DK, I think that's the route I go at running back. I'll pay up for quarterback for Mahomes. I'm fine with that. And uh, I think you can make it work then with the rest of this and just kind of plug away at tight end and plug away at, at everything else. Uh, I'll tell you what, too. I'll take the Colts defense. Believe it or not, I think that's the route to go here. I feel like that unit's playing well. I can't believe Frank Reich has done the job he's done. Every week they take another piece away and another piece away. And every week they keep finding a way to win football games. I think he's coach of the year. How do you approach this Monday, Thursday slate? I'm going Mahomes down to Williams. Um, probably Hunter Henry at tight end. If you want to punt with Fells, I guess you could do that. I don't want to mess around with the Colts guys, but what's your take on Monday, Thursday here, your approach? Yeah, I don't really want to mess around with the Thursday game at all. I I feel like so you just like Monday showdown kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, I'm gonna to try to get as as many guys as I can from this game. I do agree with you with Jonathan Williams, despite what you know, a tough matchup against a, a very solid Texans run defense. Um, yeah, I, Williams is gonna be cheap, but it, I try to get as much as I can from this game, and it does include. Eckler and Gordon because I do feel like the Chiefs will be able to score some points and that will put both of those backs in play and over the past couple weeks ever since they made the change at offensive coordinator it has been a lot of Gordon and Eckler both involved so if they are down you paint that game script they're they're throwing they're playing catch up with this Houston Colts game again I do feel like it's just going to be it's it's going to be a grind low scoring not a lot these teams don't give up a ton on the ground you just saw what the Colts did to Leonard Fournette I know game script really had Nick Foles throwing a ton, but they they didn't even try to go back to the run there. So um, kind of staying away. But I do feel like if you're trying to be contrarian, maybe Rivers or Watson the way the way to go. I'd rather lean Watson in a bounce back game. But yeah, you're right, man. Frank Reich has been every every, and I, myself included. I kind of tend to to say, ah, no, they're not going to do it again. They're not going to win. T. Y. Hilton's hurt. You know, oh, Brian I thought Hoyer, this was Jacksonville smelling blood in the water and taking it to them. And they dominated. And they and they dominated them in this game. It was unbelievable to watch. And it's just, who's your captain? You got one. I'm Tyree Kill would be mine in the showdown. I think that's the way I'd go. Yeah, Tyree Kill um, or Damian. I do like Damian. It looks like he's going to play. Keep an eye on it. We had a crazy Robert Woods at the very end there in a Sunday football game. Out, yeah, um, in active personal, but it, he did make the trip. Um, so I would actually, I'm I'm pretty interested in Damian. He was he was involved last week with Palms back. He probably catched three or four passes. I like that as well. And he's he's cheaper than the rest. All right, let's get after it. Let's hot take week twelve. We're going to fly through the games real quick for you that are coming up, and we'll break them all down for you on Thursday as we always do. But we like to kind of get a hot take and kind of go through these and our gut instincts and uh, kind of start the week that way as we turn the page from week 11 to week 12. The Bills are at home against the Broncos. Hey, Brandon Allen's traveling. We talked about Cortland Sutton, but I'm definitely in this game too. I'm again on Josh Allen. I will be again on Brown. And pretty much it's those two guys and Sutton. That's where I really like this. I guess you could get back with Lindsay as well a little bit in this one, but really it's Sutton, it's Brown, and it's Allen for me. Do you see any other appeal in this game that maybe we're not thinking of? Is it a single Terry or is it even Brandon Allen for that matter? 
Um, yeah, I mean, I think if you're looking to get a little bit different, you're multiplaying multi-entry. Right now, the total's looking at 36 and a half. I'm, I'm not afraid of, of Allen. I wonder if people will be afraid of Allen and Brown because of the Broncos' defense and, and Chris Harris. I get that feeling already talking to a couple other people. So if you're looking to be contrarian, why not? Um, again, it will be interesting to see what Allen and Brown can do going forward as the schedule gets very tough for Buffalo. They've, they beat up on some very weak opponents. They've yet to beat anyone good, but that's it for me. You want to get contrarian, Brown, Sutton. Yeah, that makes sense. All right, uh, next game here on the slate, we got the Giants and Bears. Oh, God, the Bears bad. That was such a – if I told you <laughs> – if I told you, Chris, that September 1st, right, I, I sat there and I told you, hey, when we get to week 11, the Rams with Sean McVay and the Bears with Matt Nagy are going to produce a total of 24 points. You told me I'm crazy, right? I would. And it, it did happen last year, too, when those two teams played each other. Whatever oh, it is. Gross. It, it was gross. It was kind of a repeat of last year. It was, yeah, it was, it was gross. I, I, I liked that it, it was a lot of Todd Gurley, but watching that game and seeing Jared Goff, only throw the ball, I think, seven times in the first roughly 40 minutes of that football game. Goes to show, for me, and I know Robert Woods didn't play and Everett was dinged up, Sean McVay is not comfortable with Jared Goff, who just got paid a few yeah. months ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely something. Again, one more thing, too, just popped in my head about the Bills, too. Dawson Knox, keep an eye on him. Another mm. cheap tight end seems yeah. to be getting a fair amount of targets and a touchdown the other day, but he seems to be trending in the right direction as well. But uh, yeah, you're right. Going back to this game here. Um, I definitely see where you're coming from with that. And look, the Giants defense stinks. Uh, Golden Tate's a guy that I'm always in on. Yes. Uh, outside of that, it's hard to get super excited here with a lot in this game. Uh, Trubisky is just awful. I mean, I, they better not go in with him as a quarterback next year. I know he's got one more year on that deal. I understand. Look at what happened to Mariota. Look what happened to Winston. You yeah. better bring in a Tannehill type and be ready to make a change because if Chase Daniel plays, oh uh, yeah, he can, they can't do it. He looks awful. If Chase Daniel does play and he got in there late because Trubisky with the hip injury, if Chase Daniel does play, I'll feel a whole lot better about Allen Robinson and you know maybe Tariq Cohen, who's getting some catches out of the backfield. But yeah, there's not a lot to like about the Bears. I don't know how much there's like to in the Steelers Bengals game either. Mason Rudolph, we'll see if he can get his head back together. And uh, look, Bengals are bad, but Joe Mixon's going in the right direction. I think I'm going to go down to this well again. I really do. Uh, Steelers defense has been much better, but still, I think Joe Mixon's worth the own. I don't feel good about anything on the Pittsburgh side. It's a hard pass for me. Everything else, your thoughts? Yeah, everybody's hurt, so it's it's interesting because the Bengals are a team you can run all over, but James Conner looks like he's going to be sidelined for a couple of weeks. Deontay Johnson and Juju Smith-Schuster in concussion protocol. James Washington is about 200 yards in his last three games. Maybe him, maybe Jalen Samuels. I mean, it, it is the Bengals after all, but that early spread of seven, that might drop down a little bit if, if Pittsburgh's without their three, probably their three best options on offense. Yeah, uh, Dolphins-Browns. And uh, look, you know, this is where the schedule gets real easy for the Browns here. So I'm in on Chubb. I'm in on Kareem Hunt here. I think it's going to be a great day for both of those guys. They don't have anybody to guard Landry and Beckham, I don't think. So I think this is a spot where you can actually stack Browns and like it. I don't know if I love the quarterback, though, still, regardless, even though it's the Dolphins, even though they're in Cleveland. But I do like the running backs in this one, especially Chubb. 
Yeah, a lot, definitely a lot to like about Chubb. This is this is probably going to be a popular game. People are going to want to attack Cleveland because when have we been able to do this with confidence? It's been a long time. You did it at the start of the season, and, and you were just basically let down. Baker's coming off a decent game through a couple passing touchdowns. He's got at least two now in two straight games. He ran one in. Odell's, we just saw what John Brown was able to do. So Odell's went up against some top corners so far this year, and it's made Jarvis Landry really good. But looking at the price of both of those guys, 7K on DK Landry, 6'3", Baker Mayfield, 5'9". Yeah, there's all these guys are going to be in play. And Kareem Hunt, you're, you're right. In the two games, not a lot on the ground. He's only got 10 carries, but he's 13 grabs on 17. Hell yeah. 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 That's points, baby. Give me the DK Kareem Hunt flex. Give it to me all day. I want it. I think that's uh, that's where you like him. That's where he fits. And it makes a lot of sense uh, for sure. I mean, there's just no way to argue around it there. Uh, moving on here. Uh, to the next one, you got the Bucks at Falcons. I'm telling you, this Falcons defense played very well. If they keep playing like this, they're going to give the Bucks fits because I'm telling you right now, with the way they turn over the football, this could be a long day for the Bucks. And yes. uh, look, they stopped Ronald Jones, the Saints did. They knew exactly what he was doing. So I guess the book's out on him already. And um, look, you know, I know on paper, this looks at when you look at it and you go, okay, lots of passing, lots of fun. You know what? But I don't know now. Now this has become the great unknown. I think Matt Ryan's very much in play in this game. Uh, Julio, Calvin Ridley, for sure. The fact that Hooper's out really makes you confident in Calvin Ridley. And like you said, Chris, before, the run game is basically non-existent. So you could dip with the with all the wide receivers in this matchup between these two teams, and I think Matt Ryan, and then you just get out of it. Yeah, total, high total, 52 um, for for both of these. And it's the highest, just looking through. But, you know, kind of by far, Philly and, and Seattle at 49, but... Yeah, uh, if you if you like the under and you're buying into the defense, and I am, I feel like they're they're feeling it right now, and they're up against Tampa and Jameis, who turns the ball over. So you know it may not get to that 52 point total, but yeah, all the pass catchers. Ridley's at a good price on DK 65. Yeah, very good. Uh, and uh, on the Panthers and Saints, here we go. So this one's in New Orleans, which means you can go back to the Drew Brees well, and uh, of course Drew Brees, Michael Thomas every week. You can just kind of you know put it in there. Nice to see Kamara be good. Um, I think you can start to buy back in there. I haven't all year. I honestly, I don't know if I've had any, any Alvin Kamara all year, maybe once earlier in the year. And I feel like it's time to start buying in a little bit. Uh, McCaffrey, obviously going to be super expensive again, as he always is uh, yeah. last week. McCaffrey was 10, five. Guess what? He's going to be 10, five this week too. So it, it becomes difficult because you really have to find some salary relief there. And as good as he is, I think you look at Chubb's matchup and you go, okay, well, I can get that out of Chubb too. Yeah, I think so as well. The only thing you're not going to get out of Chubb is those catches. He had zero right. catches left. But you're right, He he's the price difference is fine. I'm just messing around on DK now and putting in CMC and Michael Thomas, and you have an average of four left to spend. So it does put you in a very tough spot, but check back this week because we'll have some values. No, definitely. We always do. There'll be some values at tight end again, I'm sure. <clears throat> but, you know, basically it's DJ Moore. Again, another on the full point PPR, especially where you know he's going to catch eight balls for ninety great yards. Price like too. Just, he's sixty four. He's a great. Oh, price. every it's always the same. It's always it's unbelievable. He's sixty four on Fanduel. I don't understand. I just don't get it. Like there's just no respect for this guy because he's not getting touchdowns. Uh, Chris said the Eagles' defense is playing much better, and they are. They are at home against the Seahawks, but the Seahawks are coming off a bye. Hollister's back in this one, so lots of tight ends in this game between Goddard, Ertz, and Hollister to choose from. If you're playing the one o'clock games, especially heavy one o'clock slate too, we've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight games on the one o'clock slate. So a lot going on there. 
And uh, look, this one, I honestly don't love this one on either side because the Eagles have nobody that I'm excited about outside of Ertz, really, at the most. And on the Seahawks side, it's like, well, you could take a value with Hollister, but you know, you like Russell Wilson on the road against this tough Eagles defense? Uh, maybe. I mean, I guess you can go back to, to fighting the Chris Carson battle, but my problem is that Eagles front against yeah. the run has been outstanding over the last month. So I don't think I want to do that either. This game is almost another hard pass for me. Yeah, and I, I'm surprised, honestly. It's, again, the total is this high. Don't expect the Eagles to do much offensively. I mean, Carson Wentz, 50% completion rate tied for the worst of his career. Well, you know, guys are dropping balls. And over the last seven games, their wide receivers are averaging 70 yards per game. That's brutal. That's just pathetic. Sean Jackson is not around. Alshon Jeffrey is clearly you know, not healthy. And without Jordan Howard there, they haven't really been able to establish the run. They didn't. They couldn't establish the run yesterday. Like, Miles Sanders is a fine player, but he's not that type of back. He's been more involved through the air than on the ground. So there's not a whole lot to like from this from this Eagles team. I do like Dallas Goddard. I came away with another six targets yesterday. He's got, a, he's got actually 16 targets in his last three games and 10 catches. He's got three touchdowns in his last four. So he's been that guy because teams are just double-teaming. They're double-teaming Zach Ertz. Mm-hmm. That was the game plan yesterday. Ertz came away with a very solid game, but when's the last time you saw Stefan Gilmore covering a tight end? He was all right. over Ertz yesterday. He was. Uh, and he still came away with nine grabs and 11 targets. So they're kind of forcing him, but it's le- it's left some decent matchups for Goddard. That's basically the only eagle that I like is Goddard. I do like Hollister too, so you want to go double tight end? I mean, that may be how you, you get involved with CMC and Michael Thomas. Yeah, yeah, that's a thought. Uh, last one, actually, two more one o'clock games. Lions at Redskins. The Redskins have folded up the tents. Uh, Dwayne Haskins is asking his, his, his lineman, what do I have to do for you? What do you need for me? And the linemen are looking at him like he's crazy, and it's it's bad. It's a bad scene there. Uh, the Lions aren't any good either. Driscoll's played okay, so Marvin Jones has been good with Driscoll so far. That's been excellent. Um, you could go take a dart throw on, on him again, just cause I think the Redskins have folded up the tents, but it is on the road. So don't love this one. Um, Darius guys did have a nice touchdown catch. So we'll see if he continues to, you know, kind of make some, uh, some adjustments here and actually play well here. Now that he's healthy down the stretch, it's a guy to keep an eye on. I don't know if I'm ready to invest in it yet, but I'm still going to watch it another week. Are you ready to invest in guys yet? No, not yet. Small it's not the on volume, the field, right? the yeah. yeah. I mean, AP probably fully won't go anywhere. It, you know, they're probably going to have to see what they have in Geis. I mean, he's only has a handful of touches in the NFL. So I would expect as we get down the stretch here, he will have those games where he touches like the ball 17, 20 times maybe, but I need to see it first. I agree with you. All right. Uh, last one o'clock game Raiders at Jets. I'm sure. The Jets circle this one on their schedule. It's like, Oh, that's a, that's an easy win. Uh-uh. I like the Raiders in this one for sure. They're playing much better football. Josh Jacobs will be ready to go. Still like Crowder all the time. time. Uh, Waller's obviously in play. Renfro's in play. Usual suspects here. And just because the Jets put up 30-plus on the Redskins, uh, it just doesn't doesn't mean you can count on that every week. But you can count on Crowder. I think he's still very solid. Yeah, he is. And even Robbie Anderson had the... Had the touchdown, but he only had one catch on three targets for six yards. It's it's Jamison Crowder. Oh, man, I, this guy's had oh, – it's too bad Darnold wasn't under center the whole year. He he was on pace for 1,000 yards with him. He's been getting a, a bulk of the targets. It's basically gone, gone to two guys, and the other one is Ryan Griffin. Griffin's been really good in three games with Herndon, who's who's not around at all. He's got three touchdowns and, and over 200 yards and 15 grabs in the last three games that Herndon. So it's it's been both of those guys. I have some interest, actually, in this game. 
I think it, we could see some points in both quarterbacks, you know, throwing the ball through the air. Are we going to see any points in the Jags and Titans? Is this going to be one of these ugly, ugly kind of 16, 13 games? 12, or is nine. it going to be the complete 12? Is it 12, nine, or is it gonna be like 33, 31? I feel like there's no in between with this game. I feel. Yeah, I know. You never get a good feel, honestly, with Jacksonville, Tennessee or Jacksonville and Indy, Tennessee, and Indy. It's just such a weird division. These teams, they show promise. And then they, I, the, the Colts, when we talk about Frank Reich, they're the, they're the one team that I think has been the most consistent. So both quarterbacks fairly cheap. Nick Foles is 5'4", Tannehill's 5'3", but, I mean, you, you just feel like you're just making excuses to play these guys. I mean, Westbrook, I guess, 4'6". You know, Chris Conley played more than him, got more targets. He's 4'1", but I suppose Chark at 6'4". I mean, I don't know if he's going to get 15 targets value. again, but that's good value. No, but, you know, like the fact, look, even if he gets 10 targets and catches a touchdown, that 6'4 is a lock. That's a good yeah. price for him. Uh, and, you know, it's only two 4 o'clock games. It's the Jaguars-Titans and then the Cowboys of Pats. So that's that's another... You know, that's another one you we're going to be watching closely here. You're going to watch Patriots? Dallas and New England or Jacksonville, Tennessee? I'm going to watch uh, the New England Patriots and okay, the Cowboys, okay. I'm pretty sure. I think uh, everybody will be. Uh, even the, the Jacksonville Jaguar fans, I think, might be. But <laughs> look, make no mistake about it. The Patriots are struggling in the red zone right now. That offense is struggling. I am not all in on this offense. Dak's been brilliant. Can he be brilliant against the Patriots defense? Eh. I don't love anybody going into Foxborough. It's a tough sell. It's going to be fun to watch Amari Cooper and Stephon Gilmore. That's going to be fun. I'm kind of stepping back from this game. In fact, if you want to just isolate the one o'clocks here and get rid of the Jacksonville and Cowboys teams altogether there, I'm fine with that too. And just take a little bit more of the, uh, you know, a little bit more out of the pool and drain the water out a little bit. Any, any more anomalies? I think it might be a, a interesting way to, to approach week 12. Yeah, I would agree with that too. I, this is probably a game I'll just stay away altogether. Randall Cobb has been trending up. I like what I've what I've seen from him over the past couple of weeks. But yeah, he's been good. It is tough uh, against the Saints. We figure Gilmore on Cooper. Um, you know, we could see some softer matchups with with Randall Cobb. He has been good. He's been a big reason why Dak is has been good. I guess Dak's been good really all year. But back to back games with over a hundred yards and at least seven targets in three straight games too. And he's found the end zone a couple of times lately too. So, and he's the one cheap guy, I guess maybe, but yeah, I'm not going to have a lot of exposure, honestly here. No, I, I, I seriously, I don't, I don't blame you there. Any new England guy either, right? No, I don't trust any of them right now. Nope. Not any of them. And look, maybe getting back home is what they need. They've had, you know, they played the Ravens on the road and then they went on the road to Eagles Sure, they're always going to be better at home, but right now I don't think you can get super excited. Edelman, you know, will be decent. That's about it. Yeah. Outside of that, I think you just kind of you throw your hands up, and it's it's not even on Brady's fault. Now, the, on one note, they are getting Isaiah Wynn back, so that's going to be a huge, huge addition to that line. So keep an eye on that because that could absolutely turn that running game around and certainly give Brady some more protection as well. So keep an eye on that. That's a huge, huge addition to that offensive line. So that's, that's not something to overlook. And of course the night game Packers at 49ers, another premium game. We're getting some great night games here in the last couple of weeks, some good prime time, despite last night's crap fest between the Rams and the bears, but Packers 49ers is a fun one too. Yeah. Packers 49 one. That is a fun one. Absolutely. It's going to be, that'll be great. Another test for, for Jimmy G because I guess even looking at what he's done lately, two of those three games have been against Arizona. So this is a tougher matchup for sure against uh, 
against the Packers. Against the Packers. All right, so that'll do it for me and Chris. That was our hot take of week 12. We'll be back Thursday as always. And we remind everybody to use that LineStar app. Download it now and upgrade to the premium product and uh, get ready for your upcoming week of DFS. A lot of people out there kind of, you know, have some season-long teams that are still going and playoff bound. Others, not so much. And if you're just joining us here in the season, welcome aboard. Let's go win some cash, baby, and let's go play some DFS smartly. We're going to come back on Thursday. We're going to do that value lineup again because that's really been a good segment, and it's working. Those lineups continuously cash and hit pay lines in both cash games and tournaments, surprisingly so. We're going to keep doing that as well and break it all down for you. And then on Friday, Mike Randall and I be back uh, to break down the wagering slate in week 12. So you can follow us in the meantime on Twitter at Lionstar app at Lionstar NFL at Joe Pisa Pia 17 and at Chris Meany. There's nothing left for us to do on the pre-snap now except break the huddle and set down win. You've been listening to the pre-snap podcast brought to you by Lionstar. Hit subscribe, tell a friend and stay tuned for the next episode from fantasy football experts, Joe Pizapia and Chris Meany.